You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, I'm Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to my podcast, You Can't Say That, the show where you can, on the Broadway Podcast Network. I kind of pride myself on doing things that scare me. My personal motto is if brilliance lies in the moment that might not work. It's a quote from producer, director, writer, George C. Wolfe. And what it means is that if you're repeating what you already know how to do, then you have given up on ever being brilliant. Now our society will support you in standardizing your art. But is it art if it can be replicated like a Big Mac or a mocha latte? Is that really art? As much as I thought I was pushing my limits, an encounter with my next guest rocked my world and set me on a collision course with my personal religious upbringing and values that would change my life forever. Please join me in welcoming my next guest, the iconic Bridget Everett. Oh, okay, cool. So now we gotta we gotta watch what we say. We gotta no, watch we don't what we have do. to watch what we say at I all. Know, we can say whatever <laughs> we want to say. I'm gonna jump right in with scatology. Scatology? Is I that am. like is that like scat stuff? Yeah. All I'm right, good. Right in there because um, <laughs> I, I often like what I find funny and what other people find funny are very different, and sometimes I can't tell if someone's being funny because sometimes people's funny is like my real and I read somewhere or so well, that's or where the humor lies is always in the truth. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I, I, I saw somewhere where you were saying, and I, and I, yes, it was funny. There was a joke in it, but I wondered if there was truth in it because it was truth in it for me that you don't audition because you get the shits. Literally. And I don't get the shits when I audition, but whenever I have an emotional a connection to someone and I'm stressed about them, that's what happens to me. Like same thing. It's a roller coaster ride. Like that's like the first place my anxiety manifests itself is like right out the back door. Yeah, no, that's what happens to me. My son, I had to put him on a plane once uh-huh. in the middle of the airport. Just evacuation. Oh, it's no. not, not it's just liquid evacuation. And one time my son showed up at something I was at just, you know. Oh, no. So I'm like, okay, you know. I, and so I'm, like out on this, like out in public and everything? Out in public. Oh, I was, shit. It was oh, winter oh, shit. time in the airport. Yeah. And I had to go in and wash my clothes and then like wear wet clothes home. And it didn't stop for the entire day. Oh, God. Like, yeah. yeah. So I, I, most of the things I write about are, are very scatological because I, I spend a lot of time with my scat. <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, I wish I, I wish I had a better handle on it, but it's like when I go in, like, I remember I had specifically, I went into like Bernie Telsey's office to do this audition and I could just feel it. And they're like, it's like your time. I was like, no, it's not. Do you I, have I mean, to take something to stop it? No, I just roll the dice. Oh, man. That's, I just roll the dice. Yeah, sometimes I have to put on a pad or something. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to kind of catch it somehow. Because... Well, I'm not far away from diapers because of <laughs> a couple of reasons. But, um... <laughs> yeah, so I guess we did jump right in with something you yeah, weren't we supposed the... to say. We hit it, but it's something. I, I mean, I have a novel that I've been writing called The Angry Fat Black Woman Who Devours the World, which is about a woman who bites her boss's head off and chews it up and shits it out. Oh. And everybody who fucks. <laughs> with her that's what happens to them there's just piles of steaming shit all oh my god I love that <laughs> <laughs> so um I, I, do you remember when you met you because I have wanted to say something to you that I say about you all the time well the, okay go ahead I'm sorry yeah. go ahead no, the way I remember it was that we were at the meeting, right? Or whatever it's called, the the, the night of a thousand Jews. The night of a th- th- thousand Jews, which I think is like an offshoot of Justin Sayre, um, is like the the meeting. But anyway, so yeah, it was like the night of a thousand Judies and uh, we were all there. My friend Jim, who was like so obsessed with you. And like, of course I'm a fan too. Cause you know, I'd seen you in Carolina change and everything and, and other things too. But, but um, like I told Jim and like, I felt like I had to represent for him, you know, like I had to be cool because <laughs> I was like, I do not want to fuck this up for Jim. Like maybe if I can like get to know Tanya, then Jim will get to meet her and it'll be really cool. <laughs> it was like a really big deal for us. So. Oh, wow. Because I just like really loved talking to you. And then when you went um, back to get ready to go on stage, everybody was like, oh, you know, Bridget, she does everything on stage. She had somebody suck a tweet tart out of her vagina. A what? And that's what someone said. A, a sweet tart. They a said, sweet tart. So sweet out of her vagina. And I was like, that is so ridiculous. And then, you know, we're all, I'm in my gown and I'm doing my Judy thing. And yeah. I, I come out on stage and you're singing Come Rain or Come Shine. Oh. And you had on one of those little tops with the elastic here and elastic here. And I think it might've been like a cool out of shorts kind of thing. Uh-huh. And you brought someone, um, um, up from the audience, a man. And um, at one point you flashed him. That gave me a little <laughs> bit of shock. And then you, you're like singing your ass off. And then you ended the song sitting on his face. That sounds about right. <laughs> and it fucked with me so badly that I left. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I left. I didn't Uh say goodbye to my guest. Uh It messed with my head. I don't even, I didn't have words for what it was, but it just did not compute. Well, like, so in what, were you like upset by it or were you sort you just didn't know, you just were having a reaction. I was having a reaction that was so strong. It did not have words to it. It was just like, where am I? What am I doing? What is this? What I gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to get out of here. And then the next time I saw you, I met ran into you and Scott Whitman at 54 Below, and I was with my son Max. I remember that, yeah. And we sat and we all talked, and you were like, Yeah, you gotta come do my show. And I remember thinking, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Your I show. I need to see your show. <laughs> I'm not sitting in anybody's face. <laughs> and when I came to see your show, I was sitting with Jim. Yeah. Who is um, forever for me, Jim Crow. <laughs> I call him Jim Crow. Oh, I know. <laughs> when he invited me to his house for dinner, he made some chicken, yeah. which is Jim Crow chicken. Right. Oh, yeah. We, we can know. sell that Jim Crow chicken to black people because this shit is good. <laughs> oh, that shit makes me laugh. <laughs> so when I saw your show... I was just blown away. 
by the ingeniousness of all these people taking this material and just doing amazing things with it. And you kept saying, oh, Tanya, you don't have to do that. You can just sing a song. Yeah. And I was like, no, I, if I'm going to do it, I want to go for yeah. it. And you put me with Brian Nash. Yeah. And we did Blow Me One Last Kiss. And which, you, didn't you dress up like a I dressed a up nun. like a nun. And I, um, I, I tackled my Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. And I had to tell you, getting ready to go to that, I cried every day. Oh, and no. I cried all day. And you know Dr. Thelma Reyes, right? Yeah. She was like, why are you going to do this? This is so upsetting to you. And I was like, I just thought I was going to be struck down dead or my children were going to be struck yeah. down dead, that I was doing something so sacrilegious that I would have to be punished for it. And I kind of don't remember doing it, but what I will tell you is that after that, it was like a huge mind shift changed for me and things that I didn't know I couldn't even contemplate doing were suddenly available to me because I had, you know entered into trying something that before would not have been acceptable. All of that from watching you like do something that was just like my Catholic girl was like, no, you can't do that. And then I, well, so, you know, you changed my life, Bridget. Well, oh, thank you. I mean, it's so funny to think that because I see you and I think like you're just so fearless, like not just on stage, but like as a person, like I think of you as kind of like, like a warrior, you know what I mean? Like in, in a good way, like, just yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, like you, you, you say what's on your mind, you, are a tough fighter you're incredibly gifted and like you and you just I just feel like you are like one of the best kinds of people to see because like you know like as a performer because I feel like you just like are constantly like walking on the edge and it's like a little scary in the most wonderful way that's the same way I feel about you and what you showed me was there was an edge that I had been avoiding like I didn't know it until I saw you do something that somehow pushed a button for me and then I went to my edge and pushed that button and so like suddenly it was like oh okay now I got a whole bunch more stuff I can do <laughs> so thank you for that <laughs> all right well hey you're welcome <laughs> that's hilarious no I, I think it's uh you know like all that like sitting on people's faces and shit like I don't really do that right now just because everybody's so touchy <laughs> has me too gotten to you and had to tame down your show no it's not really that it's just like you know the, the whole reason I'm not even sure like why I was doing it, you know, like it was basically like sort of like taking something back, you know, like a woman taking a power yes. back and like, and sort of, and, but I also don't want to be like a, a scapegoat for any, but you know, like any sort of like white cis male, like, you know, yeah. re return of the white cis male or whatever, you know, like i I want everybody to feel unlocked in the audience, like men and women included, but I also, but mostly I want women to feel like, powerful and like they can do anything so I guess like sometimes I took it pretty far just you know like always just like going as far as I could just to sort of see but I think where, that's where why people your show would sell out and that's why people come because you give them this experience of aliveness that they don't have in their life that's why I talk to people in the audience when I come to your shows and I'm yeah. like I just never felt so alive than when I'm at a bridge ah. you know so I think that that's what you do and I think if people come to your show you know willfully and not being dragged there yeah. by somebody who doesn't know I think that's what they're coming yeah. for yeah well there's always like one person who's just like my wife brought me <laughs> <laughs> She's like, honey, I want to have some better sex. Maybe if you like mess up, she gives you a motorboat. Uh, <laughs> Which well, motorboating, anyway. what you call motorboating and what I call motorboating are very different things. Oh, yeah. Well, how's that? Well, motorboating for me, yours is um, the tits, you know, taking yeah. somebody um, and putting their head between your tits yeah. and just shaking them like Classic. that. Classic. 
That's that's what you call motorboating. I call motorboating when, like, you know, the embouchure that a horn players. Yeah. Uh, that when you can go. Yeah. <laughs> On the what? Because well, they got those nice tight lips. What do you think? Oh, right on a clip. <laughs> yeah. You know, my mom, when I was growing up, was a music teacher, and I had this crush on this guy, Jason Kaus. He's not going to be listening to a Broadway podcast, but I always loved him. And my mom's like, oh, you know, he plays the saxophone. And I was like, yeah. So he's like, he's got a nice embouchure. And I was like, yeah. So she's like, think about it. And I was like, oh my God. Like, my mom was like, this, like, you know, conservative Republican Midwestern woman, but she's like, you know, that gets I'm down. sure. Yeah, she gets down. <laughs> yeah, she's also conservative now. That was like sort of a whisper, you know. That was like a what was to come. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, so I look I'm for sure. that now. The I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It's worth training somebody who doesn't have an I'm sure. Train them for the I'm sure. <laughs> I've been going through a little bit of a dry spell. Maybe I should just hang out like the Blue Note or something like that. Is that place still open? Like just a little yeah, jazz the Blue club Note is still just, there. Just find those horn players. Yeah. Oh yeah. Somebody's got to. Work something out. Mm, Somebody's got to be, you know, mm, on, on a, you know, having a little rough moment in life. Mm, They're down on their luck. That's what I want to find a down on their luck fellow with a good embouchure. With a good embouchure. <laughs> That's what we should say in the in the in the match.com ad. Yeah. Seeking seeking gentlemen with great embouchure and and sustained breath control. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you do any of that that business like the match.com or any business? Or I any, did. You did. Oh yeah. I did it like hardcore, like um, I did it like it was like I do things like they're like a business. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing a dating doctor who was telling me how to do it. A dating it. doctor? Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I would have breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh-huh. dates. Okay. She had rules that you had to go out with the person at least three times. And so for about two years, wow. I was dating like round the clock. And I ended up marrying someone and dating someone else from that, yeah. Have you not ever done it? No, I'm terrified. See, that's that Be warrior terrified. thing about you. I'm scared. Be terrified. I don't know. I was on not. Um, I was on my friend's. Not grinder. Okay, Cupid Tinder. No, it was like maybe it was like Tinder, but for a guy. It was like with my guy friend. Okay, and he was swiping and. And I saw like some friends of mine, you know, that are well known or whatever. And I was like, okay, and I was like, and they swiped right, whatever. But but I'm scared to do it. Not I. I, it's not like I'm like f- famous in the way that people are going to care, you know, but or, or known in that way. But I, I don't want to be somebody's curiosity, even right. if it's just the one person, you know, right. like I, I hate leaving my house and only, you know, I'm not going to do it just to like, it would just, I would, I'm too fragile. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I understand that. But you know, there's like some of these dating sites are like, um, like, I don't know where you went to college. Uh, I went to Arizona oh, State. Arizona State, that's right. Cause yeah. I looked up some of the people that went there. Um, Jimmy, Fallon. Jimmy Kimmel went there, right? Oh, Fallon. he might have. I don't know. I think know. so. I think Jimmy Kimmel went there. You know who went there was Linda um, Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt did. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh my god, I love her. You know who did it was um, who was the woman that had the she, she married the kid Villy Falal or whatever her name was. Mary Kay Letourneau. Do you oh. remember Mary Kay Letourneau? She didn't do something bad, didn't she? Yeah, she had sex with her like her student, student, and yes. they're still like together. They got like kids and shit now. Oh my god! And then okay. also Scott Peterson, I think, went there too, who killed his wife, Lacey Peterson. Okay. So we got some fucked up people. Yeah, in State. yeah. Okay, maybe you should like change that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I brought it up because some of the the Ivy League schools like have dating sites. Like, oh, okay. um, if you went to, like, there's this, like, 20 schools, and if you went, I mean, not to say that there aren't perverts at those Ivy League schools, but, yeah. like, you have to 
be in that league of schools and you right. can go there. And then one of my friends actually met her husband who was very successful in one of these sites where you pay like $10,000 and $10,000. You, you better meet somebody. 10, and you have these videos wow. and then people agree. So there are like, you know, more, more private kind of matchmakers rather than like the okay cupids and match.coms, which there was just an article saying that all of those sites do not screen and they allow registered sex offenders to use the sites. That doesn't <laughs> surprise me. And so. then like, all you have to do is like, I like to read, not on the dark web, just, I just the internet, like be like, she went out with him and you know, she said, are you going to kill me? He's like, ha ha ha. No, that was the last text that she ever sent. <laughs> I was like, why? I mean, but you know, in the eighties and nineties, in the early 2000s, I was at karaoke bars all the time meeting people and going home with them. So, it's, you know, I didn't die then. So Right. And who would have ever told you 20 years ago that you'd get in cars with strangers and let them take you home? I know. And, I, you know, like, for some reason, like, getting in an Uber late at night when I'm, like, I've had a couple of bottles of wine or whatever, like, you know, I'm very vulnerable, right? Right. And, and especially, you know, not all those people have really been vetted in the way that right. I... For some reason, I trust the yellow ta- the yellow cabs. I'm like, they're not going to, because they've got all that money and their medallions on the line. They're not going to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard it's a hard kind of world. I mean, I got a 23-year-old daughter. She's out yeah. there. Believe me, I bought her taser. You did? Switchblade. <laughs> yeah. A taser and a switchblade. Taser and a switchblade. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's be ready. And does she carry? I hope so. It would be a waste of time if she didn't carry it. <laughs> What's the, the old mace? Like people, that can't do shit, does it? Do people really still do that anymore? I think people do, because I know it's illegal to even get mace here. Oh, it is. And then the red pepper spray, also that that's illegal here, so it must work. It must do something, because that's isn't that what the police sprayed on the occupation? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it has some effect. I used to have a picture in my show where I was like. I passed out one time with just my tank top on, and my friend Pilo took a picture. I'm naked from the waist down, and I have one. Of, I put like one of those uh, guys from the Occupy Wall Street, like spraying pepper spray. Like I photoshopped it and sprayed it on my coochie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's kind those of what those guys days. were doing. Yeah. Wow, that sort of went away. Nobody talks about that anymore. Nobody talks about Occupy Wall Street. Yeah. I guess that all just. They killed that. They just crushed that. I think they've done it with these devices. I've just been reading something called, um, what is it called? Oh, God, I can't even remember what it's called. See, that's how the, the, the technology just messes with your brain. It's about surveillance technology. Okay, what's that? That now the biggest commodity in the world is our attention. Oh, yeah, well, they got and it. so our attention <laughs> is labor. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's vying to get our attention or make impressions so that we're thinking about or talking about them. And that's what people are paying for. <clears throat> and it's working. It's working. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you ever like, you know, that thing, now that I have this, I know it's on all phones, but I never used to notice it like the amount of time I spent on my phone or whatever. It is really dark. And I feel like I don't like write songs anymore. I don't like, you know, my creativity has been limited. And, you know, I just like, it's bad. I have to go somewhere and like lock myself away to get rebooted, refocused on how to like have a day without all that shit. Yeah. Even if I'm not on it, I'm like listening to music all the time. You know, I'm like always in that. And it's, you know, I feel bad for, for kids because, or younger people, because, you know, especially like you go in a restaurant, you see like kids on their phone or whatever. And I, I just... I just want, you know, people to create and play, especially myself. Well, did you, I don't, I don't know how old you are, but you, did you grow up before I'm the 21. cell phone? Okay. <laughs> no. So no, there was a, there were, there were no cell phones when you were first growing up, right? No, no, no. I didn't. Yeah. I got one late. I got one. Right. So, I mean, you remember a time when your attention was yours, like to imagine with. I yeah. feel like nowadays kids, they don't even know. Like I give my students assignments to go and write about what happened when you don't say negative words for two days. Yeah. And they write like a paragraph. Yeah. And I'm like, like I'm the most interesting person I know. <laughs> really, like, all you could write about yourself was a yeah. paragraph? Like, you weren't yeah. like, oh, and I did this, and then this happened, and then I noticed this. And, like, yeah. aren't you interesting to yourself? Like, that's the raw material that you're making yeah. your show out of. Yeah. Or your life out of yeah. as an artist. Yeah. We, no. Well, there's a thing like, you know, it used to be that I would like sit down and write mm-hmm. a lot because, you know, I, if your listeners don't, don't know, I do like a, you know, cabaret show essentially. And like I tell stories and sing songs and whatever. And you don't just um, do that. You're also on a series called Camping. Oh, yeah. And you wrote a pilot called Love You More. Yeah. Which my students are currently doing scenes from. Oh, are they really? <laughs> yes, oh, that's my amazing. NYU Atlantic <laughs> students are doing scenes from. And here's the other crazy thing. I've given them real scenes. They didn't go look the series up. Uh-huh. They could have looked and seen. I, was, I told them it was a comedy. And we look at these scenes like, is that funny to you? Like, there's supposed to be a laugh 15 to 20 seconds. Like, where's the, where's the funny? And um, and you have your show with the, you have the tender moments. Yeah. You also have your other show that you wrote before the show, the show with Scott Whitman also. Oh yeah, Rock Bottom. Yeah. I mean, and I was I, watching a mom show movie that you did. Oh, fun mom. T- <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, I'm always out there trying to make a book. Um, but the um, but the, the, what I was gonna say was about like the like the creativity part, like the um, with my shows, I used to like sit in my bathtub or just like sit at a table and like write funny things out and like and come up with like a little outline for um, a story idea, and then I would just get and do my. And, you know, sort of try to write them out in a way that would make me laugh or whatever. But now, like, I have to, like, get an idea and I just do it on stage and just like, try to – because it's the only time that there's no distractions and I'm, like, wow. forced to, like – Right. So you're, you know, you're now living it. Living I'm living it more. Out. But it's, it's you know, it's not fair to an audience to, like, make them, like, watch me try to figure it out. I mean, part of that's fun, but part of it's also, like, do your job, bitch. Like, get back in your tub. Put your phone away. Put the, put the internet off. I don't know. Well, so what's distracting you now? Well, a lot of this, just the noise, like all the, the Trump and all this shit and the impeachment and everything. You watching that circus? I mean, I watch part of it. And then if I try not to, then, you know, I get a notification on my phone and then I click and I read the article. And then, you know, I'm I'm stressed out about the planet. So I'm like always reading shit about like what people are doing to um, to block conservation, basically. You know, like how governments are not doing enough. And, you know, I follow like all these like, <clears throat> 
National Geographic and, you know, these photographers that are like showing visually what's happening on our planet. And it's fucking terrifying, especially if you have kids. I don't have kids. So, you know, I'm going to be dead. So who gives a shit? But, but, you know, it, it, it freaks me out. Really? Yeah. Bridget, let me tell you this. Yeah. And of this, I feel very strongly. Okay. Mother Earth is not going to let us fuck her up. Okay. But she, we cannot fuck up the planet. Now, this might be the end of Homo sapiens. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Homo Mother sapiens. Earth is going to be fine. Mother Earth is going to be fine. Because a bitch will slap back. You okay, know what that's I mean? what I'm saying. She can slap back. Just I'm not slap. worried about the Earth. We yeah. may be gone. She might let's shrug us right off. But I'm not worried about Mother no, Earth. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Like, I know that Mother Earth is like the fucking... She's like my the ultimate wanna, warrior. The ultimate warrior. And my mom always used to say about her, like when like we'd get like a storm or something, she's like, oh, there goes Mother Nature again, kicking up her heels. And it's like, when she kicks up those heels that last time, we're all done. We're done. But we're like, done. you know, basically like what she is, is she's, you know, like, she's like this like battered woman and she's only going to take so much. And like, we are giving it to her and she's fucking like not having it. And she's giving it back and giving it back until like one day when she really fucking claps back. And that's just inevitable. At <laughs> and this that's point. just, and that's what it is. Yeah. It's inevitable at this point. I mean, you just like everything, like I'm really obsessed with like the, just like, and I'm guilty too, you know, like black Friday, I'm like fucking looking for the deals and, you know, and like, I'm not doing I'm not walking the walk in the way that I should, you know, but everybody wants and wants and wants and wants. And I used to play this game, Pass the Pigs. It's a really cute game if you want to play like with your nieces and nephews, Pass but it's like pigs. you just roll these pigs and then they like land on their backs or their sides, or their, their trotters, leaning jowlers, whatever. It's like a, just a, it's like a dice game, but they're pigs. Okay. And, um, my niece and nephew, like they would always like want to roll one too many times. I'd be like, greed kills. Stop. Stop. <laughs> But greed kills is like, <laughs> I want to get that on like shirts because that is, it's greed. Like we're all so fucking greedy. We all want more, like more stuff. We want more space. We want more, want more dick. We want more, like more we jobs, do. more money, more, 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 more. And I'm guilty. Like there's this job, I got offered a job and I was like, why well, don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. You know, it's, the money's not great, but I've never been to Puerto Rico. I want to go to Puerto Rico. I want to, I want, I want to add, you know, I want more, more, more. I don't know. Do you Puerto know Rico's I mean? really nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm probably going to do it. I went it. to Vieques for my birthday. Oh, did you? Yeah. I like Puerto Rico. Good food. Shit. Beautiful. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And, I, and I'm a travel hog. So, you know, if you want me to work for you, tell, tell me you're taking me somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's like, that's like a seductive to me because I like to travel. Yeah. That's what but I mean. You they travel know. a lot. I travel out, but you know, there's like when it's a new place I haven't been. Big C. I want to go. That would I, that's with me too. I don't feel like that's greed. That's like I'm expanding myself and my consciousness. I'm meeting yeah. new people, a new culture. Yeah. You know, I consider that like education and enrichment. Well, that is education and enrichment, <laughs> and I, it just happens to be you know beautiful you know places, <laughs> beaches like you know blocks of where whatever. Exactly. But, but that I do. I love seeing the culture, and I do think Puerto Rico like needs all the money it can get and like it's sort of like in in a way it's like you're doing a service because you're like you're going to work but you're also spending your money and you know and, but you're and, also going to go around some inspirational people who just rose up and took that's to what the I'm streets saying and and took a leader down yeah. like they have some power that we are kind of waning in right here on the mainland yeah because we're all fucking lazy yeah well yeah. I'm not we're all, distracted but, you know, we're, we're distracted, distracted with these yeah the ultimate sedative is this it is the ultimate sedative <laughs> that's right well I thought I was just gonna like take an edible tonight and you know <laughs> that was the ultimate sedative but i think you're right it's the it's actually yeah the phone the phone the the computer the laptop the ipad whatever yeah 
What I what I at least try to do now is like when I watch like a movie or something, I try to like just put my phone away for that amount of time to like at least give the respect to the people that made the thing. But yeah. if that's just not good, yeah, no, I'm, I'm on that phone plan. I'm, I'm like watching it and then to do. <laughs> About two years ago, I had a thing where if I wanted to watch a movie, I'd have to do it in the gym on a treadmill or on a bike. Oh, you got my like focus that. there. Yeah. Um, and I made myself do that That's for like six months. And I lost a lot of weight, but yeah. now I just can't get the motivation to do it. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, I was watching this show, um, Love After Lockup. I need to get locked on another show like that because it was so What was it? What is that? It's called Love After Lockup. And it's like basically- People coming out of jail? Mostly women, but some guys that like, you know, get a pen pal in jail and then they're supposed to all get married like as soon as they get out. Oh, God. And their lives are fucked up. But it's like, I when I'm watching that, I'm do not fucking touch me. But that's what I should watch on the treadmill because- I need something on the treadmill just like forget where I am. Or even just the recumbent bike. Because, you know, you're getting all that cardio work, but yeah. you're sitting back, you're relaxed, your legs are moving. The recumbent bike was the big place that I would do my binge watching. The recumbent show. one's the one where you get to sit down? And, yes. Yeah. It's the like one where the, you get to sit back like that. Yeah. yeah. The recumbent bike. I would do that for a couple of hours and watch a few shows. Oh, that's nice. I wish I could get myself to do it again. Did you ever do Bikram? Fuck No. Why not? You don't like it hot. Oh, that's right. You said you'd no. rather freeze to death. You made I, the choice between burning to death and freezing to yeah. death. You choose freezing. But also, like, with yoga, I'm not flexible. I've really been trying to get better about that, like, stretching every day, and it's just not working for me. But I've gone to two yoga classes, and not, like, I didn't shit my pants, but I definitely, like, when I get, like, stretched out in a certain way, I didn't even know. I, like, I fart really loud in the <laughs> Yes, class. you're going to fart in yoga. It's just what it is. Well, you're gonna I fart. was the only one that did it. I was so <laughs> humiliated, and now, like... You know, like, I don't want to be, like, just, like, just be one person that's, like, a cabaret fan. Like, oh, my God, Bridget Everett was in my yoga class, shitting her brains out. <laughs> like, you can't be anonymous anymore. Everybody has to tell, you know, people. And So what is that like for you? Because you're pretty famous. You've been no, on a lot not of really, TV but, shows. But yeah, just I mean, enough people that, like, you, you know how it is. Like, people know who you are. And it's, like, it's not like if you – I just – I feel like I'm well-known enough that, like, you never think like, you know, like I was in Paris. I went on a vacation that I'd never been before. And I went to this place where I didn't want to go because I was like, I don't think we're supposed to go here anymore. I think like the Sultan of Brunei like owns this place. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And then like somebody like tweets at me like, oh, you know, I saw you at the fucking blah, blah, blah. Like you just never know where there's some eyes on you. Right. You know, there are always eyes on us now. And you can't like just be like, you know. Like if I'm on the train and somebody does somebody piss me off, it's like, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> I mean, I can, but. You know, so do you feel like somehow the celebrity has encumbered your personal freedom? <clears throat> no, because I don't think I'm a celebrity. I just think that like I I know, especially in New York, people know who I am. So I just can't be like the fucking pig that I was ten years ago. <laughs> you know, just... I don't know. Would, would you say that they'd love that? They'd love it because it's you and it's what <laughs> yeah, you were bringing, and they would just true. love you for whatever you are. I mean, I think of Eminem and his songs. Like I am. What I say I am, yeah. you know, if I wasn't, why would I say I am, you know? I'm like always walking down the street. I got no bra on. I'm like, just look like, you know, just a, a fucking wreck. Um, but I wouldn't, if I had to not look a wreck, like I like going to the store or to the gym and I just 
go in my building with my robe and my towel. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to give that up. Oh, you know what was the place that, that was like that freaked me out the most is like I was in this one of those Korean baths. Like there's one in L.A. Yes. And like, oh, you I know, love them. have you been to one like where it's all open and like there's like your Olympic or century? I think it's like Olympic, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're on them, you're down there and like they're splashing water yeah. on you and they're flipping you over. The scrub. Oh, oh my I God. Love she the flipped scrub. me over and she fucking accidentally slick a finger on my butt. I'll never forget it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Right at my butt. And I was like, what? But, you know, you're like spread eagle. Was she you're embarrassed? Like, no, she no, was like no. She's, she's just like, like nah. you know, that probably happens to her all day fucking long. She didn't care. And um, But, you know, you're like spread eagle. You're like whatever. And then for some reason that was just like a day where like all sorts of people sort of like, I don't know. I'm I'm not like self-conscious about my body, but it's like also I don't want to like meet a stranger fully naked you know after somebody uh-huh. just slipped their finger out my ass i just yeah. want to fucking yeah. go home and eat some fruit <laughs> yeah next time you're in the la hit the catch what's the catch catch 22 on um pico in the crenshaw district just a little east of there it's okay. a spot that i think you would really like do they like hose you down and stuff too or or well, it depends rubs. on what night, you know, like I actually <laughs> went one night where it was like neo-Nazi night and people had on like gas masks and stuff. Whoa, it's, Tanya, it's, it's, you're going to some shit. It's intense. You're going to some something shit. Oh and then another night. I just want night. a sweet little massage and you send me out with some neo-Nazis. <laughs> it was, it was kind of wild and I was with some Jewish people and we're in this place with oh the swastikas and the gas mask and we're like, okay, this is a bar and people are dancing. Okay, we're here. Oh my God. But another night I went in, it was like boy night, B-O-I. I know. Okay. And so it was like, you know, boy, B-O-I, for people who don't know, they're, um, they don't, they're not lesbians. They think of themselves as man, but they were born gendered female yeah. and they don't want a lesbian. Yeah. They want a woman. Yeah. And so you'd have all these like video vixens in the clothes and then you'd have these B-O-I's and yeah. then the entertainment was naked boys on poles. Yeah, so it the catch. was the catch. It's okay. like catch twenty two. Yeah, it's very, very, very. Mad. I was yeah. trying to go to LA in February because there's this guy that does. Um, he's like a celebrity dog stylist <laughs> from Japan, and he's like gonna be in LA. In and does he have a show that you can like be on the show with your well, dog with Poppy? No, um, he just has an Instagram, but he was also on like on some. There was like a dogs thing on on Netflix that um, was like a four part series, and one of them was like a grooming like dog show situation. But he like, you know, everybody like all these dog groomers, they make them look so cutesy. But his more look like Farrah Fawcett or like seventies sort of like blowouts. Like he his his work is incredible. It's his name is like. Oh, I, I gotta look it up. I think Kenichi, you should like hit him up on Kenichi Insta and just say, "Hey, let's do something." He just started following me. On oh, Instagram. okay. So what's his so, name so we can follow? Because we I know gotta, Poppy is gonna be there. Poppy is no, gonna get is, styled. His shit is so. It's. I just. You should look him up if you. You know, like I follow so many uh, animal accounts. Ken. Ken. Yeah, Kenichi at Nagase. Kenichi at Nagase. And does he have a show or is it just an K-E-N-I-C-H-I Insta account? K-E-N-I-C-H-I underscore N-A-G-A-S-E. He just does like, like, I just think like, he, you know, he like does like, he makes like a. Um, oh my God, this little, little <laughs> doggy doesn't even look real. Kenichi at Nagase. So pretty soon we're going to see Poppy here, right? I'm hoping so. Poppy is going to be his, Kenichi his, his, at Nagase. Yeah, I will go to LA stuff. in fe- 
Have you hit him up and said, yeah, I'm interested? Oh, yeah. I'm going to follow up. But he's like, his his shit is artwork. And I just can't wait to see. My, my dog, Poppy, is a Pomeranian. Poppy's here with us. And yeah, Poppy's Poppy. just sitting there. She's sitting there. She's quietly. chilling. I used to have a Pomeranian. My palm died this oh. year. Simba. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That. Oh, God. I just. I You know that little cat, um, little bub? Little, little bub? Little bub. Little bub is a celebrity kitty that just died. <laughs> and I read. The guy, the, the owner's like, you know, Instagram post, and I was like weeping. And then I'm like, just, you know, it's like this little kitty that's all jacked up and like a special needs kitty, and but really cute. But it's famous, you, you see. But, um, yeah, they just bring so much to mm-hmm. like our lives, obviously. I don't know. When Poppy goes, I'm going too. How later. old is Poppy? She's 10. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Basically, ladies and gentlemen, oh. Tanya's just like, it's over. <laughs> well, no, 10 isn't it like 70 in dog years or something like it's that. It's old. Yeah, 10 is old. I know, I know. That's why we go everywhere together. Oh, and Poppy is very sweet. Do you, they get to let you take Poppy in restaurants and stuff? Do you say it's your your service needs dog, like you have seizures or something, and Poppy has to come in? She, let's or do just you just keep that. her in the bag and people don't know? That's Basically. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. <laughs> but uh, I do need her with me. <laughs> this is Tanya Pinkins. Thank you for listening to part one of my interview with Bridget Everett. Part two is coming up next. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.